Hi, I'm Julian. I'm Tom. We are Believe Ted Lasso podcast. We are also Team Binge. What, what? Those things are related. Thank you for joining us to talk about Season 2, Episode 6 of The Lasso. <laughs> I believe the kids call it. Yep, lead, comma, or lasso, comma, Ted. That's correct. Yep. This episode is called The Signal. Mm. It was written by Brett Goldstein, our boy Roy Kent, mm. who I feel like as this as the season has gone on has become more and more a part of the show. He's, the, he's here, he's there, he's everywhere. He's everywhere, he's no longer shouting at children, mm. he's coaching grown men. He's shouting at grown men, yes. He's shouting at grown men. I actually think they show some clips of him being a very good, uh, very emotionally intelligent coach. He's like putting his forehead against Collins. Yeah, yeah that was good. I do feel like he's... Although he's maybe a, they were fighting, now that I think of soccer fights. True, he was forehead yeah. to forehead, forehead with Colin. I have no idea. I feel like he's a good dynamic with Ted from a coaching perspective. Um, you really don't get much of any of Beard's like contribution. We know he's got to be doing a lot of stuff in the background. He's reading all the books, so he's seemingly educated in the sport. We don't get a lot of Beard coaching. You don't see Beard one-on-one -on -one with players. No, ever. And there's actually a moment here with Jamie <laughs> yeah, that kind of speaks to that. <laughs> Before we get too far into it, our big themes for this episode, our themes, not your themes, are... We can share them. We'll share them. We'll give these themes to you. Mm -hmm. They're on a winning streak, we find out very quickly. Four games? Dealing with Roy and Jamie. Mm -hmm. Roy coaching Jamie, or not coaching Jamie, however you want to put it. Yep. And then Rebecca's mom and her relationship with her dad, and then also Rebecca's relationships. A lot and of beards. slashes and beards. and beards. That's true. Beard mm -hmm. and Jane. And then finally, we have some emotional panic attack with Ted at the end of the episode. Yes, which we'll get to. Which we will talk about whether or not that runs through the episode <laughs> or is just sprung upon us at the end. <laughs> I don't alert. Spoiler alert. Sprung upon us. <laughs> which is not to say we, we didn't love every moment of it. Episode starts with game time. Love the use of the announcers. Anytime they mm. get to use Arlo. Love Arlo. Yeah. Tart to Rojas. They score. We find out they're on a four-game win streak. They've really turned it around. And people keep showing. Well, they keep seeing like clips of Roy coaching. Once again, he's coaching Colin. Mm -hmm. uh, and the term that they keep using is... The Roy effect? The Roy effect. Yeah, so the Roy Kent effect. The Roy Kent effect. It has a better uh, ring to it. Sure. And so, um, as we discussed, he's forehead to forehead with Colin. <laughs> they might be fighting. We assume he's coaching. No idea in soccer. I just love the cut because it's Arlo talking about like how good of a coach he is. And he's just screaming at him from an inch away right. from his face. And then Colin afterwards just books it and get, runs away. Right. And this leads us into they are about to play in the FA Cup tournament, Tom. Have you heard? I assume it stands for Freedom America <laughs> Tournament <laughs> Cup because ooh, everything we do is a championship <laughs> in one way or another. Okay. So that was my association, the Freedom America Cup Tournament. How far close am I? You had Well, your association was close. It was Football Association Cup. Uh, since rebranded over the past couple of years to the Emirates Football Association Cup, you know you got to throw some sponsor money in. Why it. couldn't it be the American 
Uh, well, the fact that it takes place in England uh, is probably one of the big uh, Well, and they're still upset. Yeah. I get you. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it's a huge English tournament. Um, I, I knew some of the basics of the FA Cup um, because I follow English soccer, but I didn't necessarily understand how gigantic it is. Generally speaking, for a Premier League fan like myself, the FA Cup is a big round-robin tournament. I believe it's single elimination. They kind of scatter the games throughout the regular season. Um, and it's like every team in the English tier leagues of football, I think all 10 tiers, have the ability to play in this tournament. Okay. So like the top two club or the top two leagues win the championship league and the Premier League. All those teams generally are going to compete and they get a bunch of buys, but a lot of the lesser teams have a chance to win enough games and then play against these big league teams. Okay. So the whole idea, and Arlo kind of talks about it, I think later one of the commentators does as well, This these are like really, really big games for some of the lesser teams that don't get to play the Chelsea's, the Man U's, the Tottenham's, and all that kind of stuff. And it's big for them because they get exposure? Exposure, and it's just like if you can, you don't, like they mentioned that none of these like lesser division teams have ever actually won the FA Cup. They'll get like kind of far. Sure. But if an FA or if a lo lower league team can just beat a Chelsea or beat a Tottenham, that can like make the season for some of these teams and Got some it. of these fans. So really big to um, kind of promote. English football, and it is a mega, mega tournament. Do you know how many teams? Maybe you already said it. How many teams it total? It starts, I believe, like the actual, like, they had a term for it, but, like, when they actually get to, like, the round-robin single elimination stuff, um, I think there's 32 teams. Okay. But it starts with a boatload of games beforehand. And it's single elimination? Yes, because there's a lot of other tournaments and international stuff going on during the regular season, so this is just another big English tournament. Tom, do you know what the biggest single elimination tournament is? uh march madness life baby <laughs> life, wow. you only get one shot you only get one shot put that on my tombstone if i ever die we're at rebecca's house we have a gentleman whose name is luca uh he's extremely well built he's extremely secure in his manhood he's comfortable in his skin i would be too with a butt like that okay uh, unlike the rest of us who would obviously Never be nude. Now the, uh, the natural never nudes over here. <laughs> yes. Now, the assumption is this is a grown-up Luca from the beloved children's Pixar movie, right? That's how I took it. Okay. I've never seen that, but that was immediately my assumption because <laughs> okay. I've never seen that name before. <laughs> so, yes, those are the only two reference points I have. <laughs> she is texting on banter mm -hmm. while she has Luca in the kitchen clothesless <laughs> this seems like a level of multitasking that i am against it seems like it seems rude all right <laughs> what's what what's happening here why is someone in the kitchen why is someone on banter is this just uh, my generation we never would have done this we would have either been naked in the kitchen or we would have been texting there wouldn't have been two things you would have been naked in the bed no i'm a no. never dude that's been established excuse me um, I've been wearing cutoffs. I think both of these uh, consenting adults understand what this relationship is. I don't think Rebecca would be like texting or doing this banter in front of him. Um, but like, clearly they're they're hooking up on another app, right? We see Rebecca kind of like using yeah, it's called another... like matches or something okay. like that. It's not even cleverly named. Yeah. It's just matches <laughs> spelled like matches. So that's probably more. I of... can say matches more if you'd like me to. <laughs> Please. 
So that's probably more of like a hookup style app versus the banter that we've established is not about looks, not about that. It's forming an emotional connection. So it's the polar opposites of applications and Rebecca's having it both ways. So she asked Luca, she's like, hey, Luca, do you believe in guardian angels? Which is the conversation <laughs> she's having on banter, yeah. which feels once again rude. You're bringing someone else into a conversation that you're having on a on a soul to soul level via text on an anonymous on an anonymous <laughs> I'll get there chatting uh, app. But I, he doesn't know. Luca doesn't know this. He's ignorant. Let me ask you this: Is this also another call away to Ted because Ted believes in aliens, um, <laughs> ghosts, all these things? Our assumption is Ted also believes in guardian angels since he was raised Catholic. Is this another? throwback to them trying to make us think that it's Ted? It could be. I didn't go there. I felt like it was just a, a means for them to reference Marvel. Everybody loves a good Marvel reference. You want to give us some Marvel references? Well, my first question regarding Marvel references is, what does that have to do with Guardian Angels? Guardians of the Galaxy is Luca's response. Oh! And that's why... Okay. Yeah, that's why, like, Rebecca's, like, she just kind of, like, She's like, oh, of course, that's the response. Right, because he's an idiot. Right, because anyone that constantly brings up Marvel is an idiot. I thought you were trying to get at that there was a character called Guardian Angel on Marvel. Probably. But God wouldn't allow it. So then Rebecca's mom shows up in the kitchen. Uh, Nina, the housekeeper, also shows up. This is supposed to be a funny moment. <laughs> it's a hilarious moment. Okay, you laugh. I'm glad. I don't laugh at nudity. Don't like it. Don't <laughs> no, need it. It's not just the butt. Like, when the fact that he... Not uh, just the butt. <laughs> not just the butt. Listen, I enjoy it's the never butt. never not just the butt, Tom. <laughs> um, but he says, like, oh, you gotta put some clothes on. The housekeeper's coming. And then he realizes it's his mom. He's like, you, your mom is your cleaner? I oh, love yeah. that line. That, that was, was great. Good. And that then, of course... Good. She eventually comes in, the housekeeper drops the mop, and then everybody just then it gets that wide shot where we get the whole uh, the whole shebang. Everyone's in there just staring, <laughs> and then the line of "I've left your father," like <laughs> yeah. that worked in there. Okay, yep. it was funny. Yeah, Parts it was good. It was funny. And quick cut from there to Ted walking into the facility, and Ted knows everybody's name. He's given finger guns. He's clearly on. Uh, following these people, Instagram handles. I don't know what happens on Instagram. And we meet, who do we meet? We meet Liam. Liam. <laughs> Liam with the laugh. And we called this. We knew he'd come back. Yep. This was brought up when Higgins was without an office wandering around. Mm -hmm. And she and Rebecca was like, oh, go sit next to Liam with the laugh. <laughs> and they both do the... Listen, the laugh that he does, I don't know if I brought this up when we talked about it, but my parents have a friend mm. who was a, a friend of the family, and she had a laugh, uh, and so... That could clear a room. When, <laughs> I mean, when we were... Not that church is ever all that funny, but growing <laughs> up in church, she would be across the congregation, and you would hear, ah, 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 ah. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think of when I hear Liam's laugh. I used to do an impression of that laugh. <laughs> and then one time I accidentally laughed like that without oh. being able to control it. And I was like, no more impressions. Oh, it's starting you... to become me. I thought you did it in front of her. No, 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 never. And she doesn't listen to this, so it's okay. <laughs> Colin and Sharon are like having a conversation and we discover Colin's new mantra is, I'm a strong and capable, capable man. And I am not a piece of poop. <laughs> <laughs> not a piece of poop. She's like, you can drop that last part. 
So yeah. Colin's, Colin's clearly just coming from a session with, with Dr. Sharon. So we've got some people on the team that are showing um, appreciation and love for Sharon and what she's bringing to the team. Right. And between headbutting with Roy, his form of coaching, and Dr. Sharon, mm-hmm. obviously things are going well for Colin. The doctor and Ted have some good rapport. She encourages him to make an appointment, but they clearly seem to be like on a better relationship. Like they're getting along. It's not yeah. nearly as weird. Yeah. I think they've both kind of established. Well, and when Sharon like says that, Dr. Hey, Sharon, Dr. Sharon, excuse me. She earned yeah. it. She earned it. Um, when she says like, Hey, make an appointment. I think she's just saying that not necessarily a jest, but is not ever expecting Ted to reciprocate at this point. And I feel like how we start this episode and how we end this episode is literally polar ends of the spectrum for Ted. Mm. He's full Ted at the beginning here, and then now he's not full Ted, right? Like he's just he's in a certain mood here at the beginning, and he's seemingly kind of fallen and really struggling at the end. Right. And, and Doctor th- Sharon is like he's you know she bookends both sides. Right. I agree. And Roy and Keely are doing a walk and arm around the shoulder like middle schoolers. I love that by the way. It's like in a hallway, Ugh. and like yeah, like Roy has his arm against the wall. It's it's great. Yeah, is it? Um, <laughs> there's some joke about reporting them to HR, and Ted refers to HR puffin stuff, which he says people in from like the 70s. late 70s would know. Are you familiar with HR Puffin Stuff? I had heard of HR Puffin Stuff uh, because of this podcast. I'm like, oh, okay, let's see what this is. What is this reference? I watched a video of HR Puffin Stuff to show the like opening credits for it. It is something else. Yes, I watched the same video. <laughs> okay. uh, we did this without sharing it with each other. And it is apparently like a live puppet. It feels like Jim Henson was the only one that could get puppets right. Everyone else was just like really, really wrong. Well, but these are like like McDonald's-sized puppets. It's like Grimace style. Where it's like it's someone huge. inside. Yeah, It's like a mascot style thing. It's right. not like a little hand puppet. But it's like this kid who goes on a boat and then... There's like this evil witch who sent the boat, and then he goes to this mythical land, and H.R. Puffin stuff is creepy. My favorite, my favorite part is that little boy in his hippie haircut, <laughs> uh, lying on the beach after yeah. he gets like washed ashore, even though the boat just kind of docks. <laughs> yeah. And then Puffin stuff and his little friends. Anyways, I'd never seen it before. It was a hoot. It does seem like something that would be right up Ted's alley. <laughs> We are then at the office with the Diamond Dogs, and they are discussing the FA Cup, and they're giving analogies, and they're like, it's David versus Goliath. Tom, do you know the story of David versus Goliath? Uh, yeah, David is a tennis coach, right? Okay, yep. um, Goliath is she, Goliath is a person that runs a scuba instructor school sure they've got Um, a ski race down the mountain you're exactly correct uh no i'm sure you know more about the david goliath story than i but you know the term you know like david small guy goliath big guy small guy takes out big guy that but that's like the most you know about that story isn't there like a slingshot or something yeah yeah yeah, cyclops got one eye yes that one yeah all those things are true that is correct um we won't go into it you guys can crack open a little book i like to call the talmud no talmud? the bible wrong one never mind all right moving on so you can, you can go to our OnlyFans page to see the full story of david <laughs> <laughs> oh no uh, we've been surprisingly profitable on our only fans <laughs> the only place we've been profitable <laughs> 
He brings up Pearl Jam versus Ticketmaster, which I immediately Googled. And apparently in the like 90s, Pearl Jam took Ticketmaster to court because Ticketmaster was like owning ticket sales and charging outrageous fees. Yeah, they do now. Like it, the service I mean, fees they charge, it's a monopoly. It's ridiculous. Long story short, Pearl Jam won and Ticketmaster clearly no longer in power or doing <laughs> anything, right? Not quite. Uh, they're the reason tickets cost so much. Yep. No one like Richmond has won this thing in 40 years. And the way I, I mentioned this to you earlier, the way this played out and I, is I was like, I'm having some hard deja vu here. Like, why have I seen this? Mm -hmm. And it's from the trailer, right? Yes. It's from the season two opening trailer that we watched in our season one recap. So this is Higgins on the other side of the glass, like throwing all these suggestions out. He once again is officeless. So he's on the other side of the glass. He's roaming. I can't remember what he said, but it was a, a Britishism and uh, Beard not corrects him, but says like it means wanderer. Mm. Like Le Fleur. Yeah. Fle Fleur, yeah. Fleur. It's a French word and he's like a wanderer. Yeah. <clears throat> Beard looks, we'll just say tired. Yes. Beard looks like Ted looks when Ted is upset or disgruntled. <laughs> like, what was Beard doing? Like, why is he tired? Did he ever explain it? Like, he's saying he's back with Jane. I don't know if I ever really remember that they broke up. I just thought they always had kind of a weird relationship. But I don't know if we actually were told they broke up at one point. But I don't know why he's tired. Were they like up talking all night? Was I think the idea is that she requires a lot of, we'll say, attention, yeah. maybe. So he's going to be up at odd hours. And maybe. then also that it's not necessarily a functional relationship. Some might <clears throat> say it's a dysfunctional relationship. Higgins might say that. Right. So it causes a level of stress that he is not getting the best amount of sleep. Yeah. Or they are just playing chess non-stop with each other yep just bumping pawns as the kids like to say i think it's called bumping bishops bumping get, rooks as the kids like to say alliteration man we'll get there B &B. bumping queen no that one doesn't work bumping i like bumping bishops did <laughs> okay. i come up with bumping bishops <laughs> that's me oh i'm the alliteration all right man. i'll edit it so bumping bishops is mine <laughs> didn't you think when i said bumping bishops was funny tom i thought it was hilarious You're great Julian. thank you and we've got the clip jane and so he says jane and him got a bit and everyone says congrats oh congratulations yeah they do that thing it's kind of like just smiling but you're like talking through your teeth right but not higgins and have you ever been in a situation like this where I guess let's not limit it to just like relationships. You can though, where like someone is clearly making a bad life decision and you're with like the group and you've all got to be like, oh yeah, you're, you're going back to school to get a clown college degree. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That is that's, your calling. That sounds good. I don't know if I've ever been, I mean, I'm sure I have been in that situation, but I feel like I, it would have to be like what Higgins says and like how he'll, because he's a good friend, he would tell him about it. But, like, it would have to be a good friend for me to, like, call that out and say, like, I don't think this is a good idea. Otherwise, I think I would do what everybody else in this room is it's doing. She's like, hey, congratulations. Yeah, hey, congratulations. You, yeah, it's great. If it's what you want to do. Exactly. Like Ted said, everything will work out the way it works out. And there's a plan. But I don't know. Have you uh, been in any situations that you can recall? Relationship or otherwise? No. I always encourage people to get into relationships you're like much Nate. like Nate, like Nate in that I way. just believe love in any sense of the word mm -hmm. and once they get married and it's not working out you know 
All I encourage them to do is, is stay together until you die. <laughs> yep. That's that's my simple advice. <laughs> Roy, that's great Roy doesn't want to be a diamond dog because uh, Higgins tries to call a meeting of the diamond dogs and Roy immediately leaves. I think we talked about this as well. Is yep. Roy wants no part of this. Mm-hmm. He was not. They're not going to form a diamond pent or a pentagon dog or whatever else we decided to call it. Sure. It's not going to happen. He even does the thing where Ted like asks him a question. He's like, no. no. And then he leaves and yeah. shuts the door. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be like my text tone. No. <laughs> so obviously Higgins is on the track of he needs to tell Beard that him and Jane are not good together. And Nate and Ted are ultimately like, no, you just got to let it be. Like, Well, and I think and Higgins calls this emergency diamond dog meeting because it wasn't necessarily as much that they weren't telling Beard that he should have it. It's the fact that nobody kind of stood up for Higgins when he made the comment. Oh, he's like, I'm a little disappointed you guys didn't back me up when yeah. I said it as well. Yeah. And Ted gives a very funny bit where he's like, I did this once. I told a guy that was in a relationship <laughs> that he shouldn't be in it. Uh, I didn't catch this. My, he's like my through. first and only best man speech. Yeah. <laughs> they were not happy. Which is just a great line. Yeah, that was good. I didn't catch it. Uh, is this in Ted's character, though? I feel like we've seen in the first season, like, he's all about giving relationship advice. Like, I feel like he did it to multiple characters. He did it to Rebecca, did he not? When she was, like, dealing with the divorce and all that stuff. And No, I had this same <clears throat> thought. Like, Ted is typically not above stepping into people's business. Maybe this is a little bit different because he's telling beard that the choice he's making isn't right and it they may stay together i don't know maybe ted just doesn't feel strongly enough about jane i haven't seen enough of jane to be like oh she's bad for him this is the first time yeah we're getting some of jane and like we there always was kind of that they were the, the show was telling us just through the characters and through beard's reactions that jane was maybe a little much for beard but this is the first time we actually get to see jane and like her going to see this model guy, her sneaking up and scaring him in the parking lot at the end. Like, we're finding Jane's a little eccentric. Well, I once <clears throat> again, nothing Jane has done, like, convinced me that she's bad. The only other part we've seen from her is Beard is once again, like, not getting any sleep. Yeah. And he's like, and we're like, oh, why is Beard so tired? Which, in a relationship, I think not getting any sleep is a good thing because it means they're playing chess <laughs> and they're bumping bishops. <laughs> hashtag Tom's. Hashtag bumping bishops. Hashtag Tom's praising. <laughs> oh, I can't believe we got there. <laughs> but this... I, I would argue too, it's a little bit like, it just seems to change Beard is more, maybe what Higgins is getting at, where Beard seems like he's not himself when he's with Jane. But again, Beard is a very kind of quiet and reserved person. We didn't get a lot of him, but he definitely seems like tired and, you know, other things that are potentially going on. I think that's what Higgins is saying. All right. No, I understand. This does bring back Higgins' gagging effect, which is wonderful. (laughs) Which, again, we're just assuming it's him uncomfortable. Like, there's kind of multiple reasons. It's not a specific reason for why he does it. The stupid barking means it's over, right? The what? The stupid barking oh. means it's over, right? <laughs> yeah, I love... Uh, At the end of it, he's like, oh, let's call an end to the meeting. And they're like, oh, oh, oh. oh yeah. That, that means it's over, right? Yeah, yeah. That's great. So, right. <clears throat> and then Beard comes back in, and surprise, Jane's roommate kicked her out, which 
I guess maybe that's a warning sign in itself. But she's moving in with Beard, and oh, everything's yeah, going to be great. okay. Oh, congratulations. That's great. That's, that's fascinating. And Higgins that's practically fascinating. throws up because he's gagging. <laughs> then we're at training. Roy's coaching the team. He's giving good advice. Colin, like, is doing a Danny Rojas where he's just kicking the ball over the goal line. It happens. And Roy's like, oh, you got to, you're leaning too far back. Was all of his advice sound? Did it make sense? Yeah, it absolutely did. I, I think, too, this is, this is another bit of Jamie, um, like, passing or being unselfish because they show Jamie stepping back um, to take this free kick, seemingly, and he dummies it. He runs over it. So just like he made the pass to Rojas in the, the game we saw, right. this is more of Jamie being unselfish. Right, which <clears throat> is going to be highlighted later. Mm -hmm. But Roy gives everyone else advice, and Jamie's like, hey, anything for me, coach? <laughs> and Roy just ignores him. And then Ted's like, hey, Roy, you know you're paid to coach the whole team, right? And Roy's like, that's fine. Just take 4% of my paycheck because <laughs> he refuses to coach Jamie. That's great. And then Rebecca's shouting from the window. And what is Rebecca shouting about, Tom? She's shouting because they want, uh, Rebecca wants to take them to lunch. And I don't know, is this Rebecca's mom, Deborah, wanting to meet Ted? Is this Rebecca not wanting to go to lunch with her mom by herself? I think it's that one. Okay. <laughs> I think it's that one. She probably doesn't want to be. And we don't know Deborah at all. But I think the fact that Rebecca does not want to be alone with her at lunch, because you can see at lunch, Deborah is like regurgitating all of her self-help books mm -hmm. on tape. Yeah. And Rebecca does not want to hear it. But Ted and Keely are clearly engrossed yeah. and enjoy talking with her, mm -hmm. which is interesting because there are times in life where you meet someone's like friends or family and like you're kind of engrossed with them because it's a novelty. And yeah. then the person that's known him for 35 years is like, yeah, yeah, no, they're they're fine. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed that. I've heard that same story like 500 times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. And that's one of the best things about being married to someone is hearing the same stories. Um, <laughs> I'll cut that out. I'm going to get in trouble for that one. <laughs> they're doing the secret sandwich switcheroo. Yeah, every other Friday. Every other Friday. And what sandwiches did they both make each other? BLTs. BLTs. We'll get into the making of BLTs later. Mm. I know that you've got a recipe. I do. Uh, that you love to share. Very specific. I believe it was your grandmother's recipe, mm -hmm. who was a pig slaughterer, if I'm not mistaken. Spoiler alert, they're actually TLBs. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know what that means. Oh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> who, eat lunch, who eats lunch at 2 p.m.? I thought the same thing. She's like, all right, we'll meet at the pub where we always go. Anchor, and we're going to go at 2 p.m. And you're yeah. like, Oh, they're going to beat the lunch rush, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> I enjoy... This is something that, from a young age, um, <laughs> I have always enjoyed meeting people's parents. I've always been... I have thought... Maybe I'm wrong on this. I've always thought I've been, like... Like, there's some friends you don't want them to meet your parents because you're like, they'll never let me hang out with this person. <laughs> that person's going to, like, piss them off. I always felt like I was the friend that you could, like, leave me with your parent. They would probably come out of the conversation with, like, oh, our kid's not half bad because that kid's okay. You what know, a lovely like, young boy. Yeah, what a, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I appreciate when Ted's like, I love meeting people's parents because it's like reading an instructional manual on why they went nuts. Let's go! <laughs> yeah, Beard. <laughs> Beard immediately just screams. <laughs> How is Mrs. Beard? Uh, she's full-blown QAnon. QAnon, so, yes. Yep. 
get a glimpse into why Beard is maybe the way he is. Yeah, there's something <laughs> that happens to our parents at a certain age where I don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's the news, the news cycle they consume. Probably it has something to do with it. Yeah. Then we're back in the office. No complaints about any of our parents. Disclaimer there. Fantastic. They're all lovely. We're at the office. Tom, does a BLT have horseradish on it? Um, I mean, okay. Bacon, lettuce, tomato. Yep. I feel like We've you gotta, you established, gotta, yes. Okay. I know we have not established that. Sandwiched my, in bread. My secret recipe is tomato, lettuce, bacon. It's all in the order you put it. Oh, see, that I've never thought of the name as a, I've never thought of the name as an order. I've just thought of the name as a list of ingredients. So yeah. you think it's an order thing. It's, well, the order doesn't matter. I was making a terrible joke. But you have to have a condiment Tom, on it. Tom, I fell for that. <laughs> Hook, line, and singer, <laughs> yeah. as they like to say. And again, as we've established on this podcast, jokes are better when you explain them. Yes, thank um, you. But you got to have a condiment on it, right? So I don't, I feel like you horseradish. condiment? Condiment. Yes. yes. That's a BLTC. Uh, you don't want a BLTC. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. That's a prison um, sandwich. I, I would generally probably go maybe mustard. Is that weird on a BLT? Or, or Mayo. Mayo. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's always mayo. Okay. Mayo probably makes more sense. But 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 Beard mentions that he's allergic. Not not to horseradish, but to horses and, and radishes. <laughs> which is so fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> Keely shows up. Keely, I'm just going to say this, is always dressed like a Spice Girl. With always. <laughs> and I know this because I watched this with my wife, and my wife doesn't use the term Spice Girl, but I will say something like, what is she wearing? And my wife will not, like, I don't know, shush me. And I'm not saying she doesn't look good. She looks great. Yeah. But she... You feel like she's in a different time? Like, she's stuck in the 90s with her, her dress? I don't know what it is. It's just, every time I every time I see it, I think, okay, that's a choice. Yeah. I've got my wife's giving the Ariana Grande vibe with like the way she wears her hair, kind of slicked back, and then kind of the big, oh, tall bunny yeah, ponytail like kind of deal. Long. I'm yeah. assuming they're extensions, but maybe she just says that hair. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, she always looks fantastic. She's, yeah, no, no, no. she great. looks great. This is not a complaint. This is just a comment on fashion because we're fashionistas. We're like Jamie in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> people don't know this but we're really good at this we're really good at this fashion stuff yep that's why i'd never wear a collared shirt underneath a coat jacket fun fact about me never made it past the first personal interview because of that because i don't wear a i don't wear a button-down shirt underneath my coat no tie no tie gotta wear a tie man no tie no shirt just the coat <laughs> i'm typically promptly walked out the door ted gets a call uh, Henry, I didn't really understand this. Like, Henry is at a field trip. Like, a teacher is clearly called, and Henry has forgotten his lunch for the field trip. But then Michelle has come by. Mm -hmm. And this is treated with a lot of, like, it's very heavy. And I didn't, uh, the way I read into it on, like, a second watch was, this is Ted kind of realizing, like, he's not going to be there to help in certain moments. Mm -hmm. And so... That is what's like detracting from that. I would argue as someone who has children, if this is the first time he's realizing that he's not really <laughs> in his son's life, uh, we've got bigger issues here, Ted. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I know you have uh, mm -hmm. a child who you love to be in their life. Mm -hmm. You're a very engaged father. You're a great father, Tom. You oh, really thanks, are. Man. I've seen you in action. You're not bad. 
Thank you. Uh, I will take it. Um, but like to not be there, uh, I don't know. So I, I, I tried to read into this because at first I didn't really understand what they were getting at, but I'm assuming this is adding to what happens at the end of the episode, right? Yeah, it is. I, I think what they're trying to push heavy is like when Ted first answers that call and I'm assuming the way it went is like, hey, this is, hey, this is, you know, John Smith's uh, Henry's teacher. So immediately his mind goes to, oh no, is he hurt? Is he injured? Kind of a thing. Um, so like maybe like the fear of his kid being hurt or injured, but I'm with you. Like it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like you would assume he still has this relationship with his kid, but he's not there. And he's, he's chosen to stay in London and be here. Right. Like the, the Michelle thing we've already established, like that relationship is not going to work out, but he has chosen to stay in London uh, with this, with his premier league club when he could have went back after the first season. So. Right. Terrible father, Ted Lasso. Ooh, we, we established that. <laughs> I did not say that. I agree with you, but I did not say it. No, he's a great father, remember? Because the, the the son ran and gave him a big hug. And, and he gave father. him a drone. He gave him a drone. He great gave father. him a drone. Great, great father. father. Father of the year. He'll get him a Tesla next. Jamie comes in and Jamie tells Ted that he needs to tell Roy to coach him. And they <laughs> all have a big laugh. And this is a funny moment. Yeah. It's almost, it's very sitcom y. Yeah. It's like Nate gets his turn to like give his line. And they're all like, yeah, they're all kind of wrote, they're like, oh yeah, well, I'm going to go talk to Roy about my feelings because that's who Roy Kent is. And they all have a laugh. And Jamie calls them all Philistines, <laughs> now, which is great. So, I looked up the definition of it, and it's funny. Have you heard too. the term Philistines before, Tom? I feel like I've heard it before, but okay. I didn't necessarily know like the context as much. So, looking at the definition, it is defined as a person hostile or indifferent to culture or the arts, uh, or who has no understanding of them. Which is comical because it literally defines Jamie, like in that that word, <laughs> um, and the fact that likely he heard this because other people were calling him to this, and he's now using it incorrectly. Sure. Because sure. he's like all the pop culture references. He's not well read, like we've already established. So it's great that he's using this. And of course, Beard at the end of the sequence tells him, hey, you should probably look up that word. You should probably look that up. <laughs> so Philistines, uh, I mean, I could be completely off on this, but the reason I know that term is in the Old Testament, they are always like uh, growing up hearing the stories. They are always like the enemy of the Israelites. Mm. So they are always like, it's like God's chosen people. And then the Philistines are always kind of like that other bad guy. And they're like, just a, like a general evil. Yeah. There clearly was like a cult, an ancient culture called that. Mm -hmm. um, but when he said that, I was, I kind of took it as like, he thinks these people are all being kind of brutish and unfriendly, which I was like, I think he used that term right. But I did what you did. I looked it up <laughs> yeah. and it was just like hostile to the arts or indifferent to culture, as you said, uh, which is funny. But we do know that Jamie is really good at fashion. So that's kind of like all arts and culture, right? Yeah, but he's not good at fashion. He just like he knows buzzwords and he wants to present <laughs> a brand. So he, that's like he, he clearly uses poor phrasing and, and, and words like this. So right. It's good. Ted tells Jamie that Roy and him need to woman up. And Jamie's like, you mean man up? And he's like, no, you've been trying to man up and it hasn't worked. <laughs> that and was a good line. That was a good line. Keely tells him that you know what I do? I just agree with everything that Roy says. Mm -hmm. And Jamie. Oh, and, and so they uh, then part. And this is a great moment, which we really don't see <laughs> Jamie and Beard interact. And it's almost like the show uh, acknowledges this. <laughs> yeah. 
because the two of them are alone in a room. They stare at each other. And Jamie has the has the boldness, which I really love to say. I don't really know how to talk to you. <laughs> that it's working. <laughs> it's working, which is a great line. Uh, but Beer's reading a book here in this sequence. Yep. Did you see the book? I I mean, I, I acknowledged it was a book. I acknowledged that it wasn't <laughs> Ender's Game. I acknowledged that it wasn't uh, The Beautiful and the Damned by F. Scott Fitzgerald. And I acknowledged that it wasn't The Little Train That Could, the book that Jamie got and promptly threw in the trash. Uh, but he's reading Football Against the Enemy, or released in America called Soccer Against the Enemy. But it's by Simon, I think it's pronounced Cooper, a cupper. Uh, but he's he. It's apparently a very like famous book, won some awards and prizes and whatnot. But he apparently traveled like to 22 different countries uh, to discover like the bizarre effects that soccer can have on both politics and culture in different areas of the world. Um, so it seemed like a very interesting read. Like little caption for it, I think was like the quote says, "If you're into soccer, read this book. If you're not, read this book." Huh. So, uh, it might might be worth checking out wonderful it reminds me of a book i once got my brother as a birthday gift my brother plays tennis mm -hmm. and i found this book <laughs> at like a secondhand bookstore it was like the psychological warfare of tennis <laughs> and it was all about how to get into your opponent's head i didn't read it it just was a very intense man on the cover and i was like he's gonna get this i'll get him a real gift too but i'm gonna give him this i don't think he opened it up i don't think he even laughed but uh, I'm laughing about it now. I thought it was good. That's pretty much like Jamie is in soccer. You got to get in people's heads, man. That's right. Oh, that's true. Man, I brought that up because of this <laughs> podcast. Because I'm that good at this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. <laughs> then we're at lunch with Deborah. Keely and Ted are infatuated. Hanging on her every word. As she says what is essentially regurgitating like a Tony Robbins. Uh, <laughs> she's like, life's short, but it's also long. <laughs> and she's all over the place. Yep. And they're both engrossed, I'm assuming, a little bit tipsy. And I was a little grossed because apparently she told <laughs> this whole story while she was on the toilet. It's like, I pulled up my britches, I flushed the toilet, <laughs> and I got out of there. She's like, I told him I was leaving him. And then I pulled up my pants. <laughs> yeah, was, that was a great little hidden gem there. <laughs> She does remind Ted that the situation is a little di different because she left her husband, but Ted's wife left him. Yeah, Deborah coming out hot. Yeah, which is a bold thing to say to someone. And once again, I thought this was kind of adding to like yeah. Ted's. Uh, this is another thing that is adding to Ted's stress level. But the way he reacts to it, and I guess maybe that's the thing about panic attacks. Never had one, but it's kind of like boils up you, it boils up and maybe without you knowing but like i didn't feel like ted took this so harshly that it was another layer i think he did i, I think he he quickly you know pivots and then you know gives his little ted like oh yeah i guess this didn't see it from that perspective or whatever but i think it definitely does get to him and they do they do a little bit with with ted's acting here, or jason's acting right 
The pub crew is in the back because obviously every time we eat or drink somewhere, it's got to be at the Anchor and Crown mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Yep. And they are yelling at what program, Tom? Uh, Bake Off, which is apparently a popular British baking show. I'm assuming it's the British Bake Off that everyone watches on Netflix, right? Don't know. Is that the thing? Okay. I don't know. I watch some cooking shows. Like That is not in my repertoire of cooking shows. Okay. The British Bake Off, I'm pretty sure, is huge. Big thing? Okay. Yes. I miss this in the zeitgeist. My spouse has watched a lot of them. Okay. And I think the difference between the British Bake Off, and please write me if I'm wrong, at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. Twitter.handle. Or at at teambinge.twitter. <laughs> yep. Um, Star Wars fans in. There's like a big difference between like American cooking shows where it's like, hey, here's a bunch of doll knives and a pet of wolves. <laughs> Go make a cake. Like, the British Bake Off is apparently, like, much more relaxed and, like, Mm. uh, a little bit more uh, about the cooking as opposed to the drama that we can manufacture in the environment. Um, I'll check it out. And But I love it because they are yelling at the TV as hard (laughs) as they would at a football game. And I don't know which one. Is it maybe Baz? Is that one of them? Baz, Paul, and I don't remember (laughs) the third. And other. Uh, But he just, like, screams, like, temper your chocolate, you fanny. But he used a different term than fanny. Right. It's just such a great line. Like, these guys are so, they're passionate fans, whether it's football or baking. And I would love to know what they do for a living, because <laughs> at any moment of the day, they are drinking in that pub. Good on them. I hope they're some sort of inherited millionaires. Rebecca is not buying uh, Deborah's story. She mm-hmm. knows her mom. She's like, hey. And this is a funny line that makes more sense at the end. She says, she'll return to him. Uh, after he buys her an expensive, environmentally conscious gift, which is great because, and I don't think I caught it until the second watch, he buys her a Tesla, yeah. which is not only expensive, but an electric mobile. What's so. a, what else could she have been buying him that's environmentally conscious and expensive? I'm going to say she like dedicated a star, you know, named a star after her. She um, symbolically like uh, donated an elephant or adopted an elephant. Yeah, I don't know if you donate elephants. Here you yeah. go. I'm gonna symbolically donate an elephant. Um, a mulching machine, like a you know something, a compactor. Everybody needs a good compactor. Um, <laughs> maybe a, elderly women. Maybe a recycling <laughs> bin. I don't know. So, oh, the other thing I picked up on this is that Rebecca comes from money too. My assumption, well, I think we talked about this. We didn't really know if Rebecca like married rupert and that's where the money comes from or if she was kind of raised up in that married rupert yeah i think at this point the assumption is like they were both uh rupert and rebecca were both from wealth and yeah met met there they start singing in the background poor little cake soggy soggy bottom (laughs) i'll do that again Poor little cake, soggy bottom. Well, you're, they're chanting it, so you can do it as many times as you want. Poor, Poor little cake, cake, soggy bottom. bottom. Poor, Poor little cake, soggy bottom. bottom. That one's for you, Tara. Um, <laughs> I was told by my wife that this is the kiss of death on British Bake Off because Ooh. it means when you make a cake, all the moisture has gone down to the bottom, so the bottom is soggy and everything on top is dry. Yeah. Which is a reminder to everyone, if you have a cake in the oven, flip it over so it bakes evenly. Is that a thing? I don't think so, but I hope people <laughs> try it and write us angry emails. My, my, uh... Don't take advice from podcasts, kids. 
my experience with baking shows is nailed it also from netflix where they give these people you have introduced this to me yeah, I'm have familiar. no business baking and they give them ridiculously difficult tasks that probably made like professional chefs or, or bakers two or three hours to make and they've got 45 minutes yep manufactured they, drama yeah. thank you america <laughs> exactly they never grease the pan they never <laughs> freeze it like after you take it out or like blast chill it so sure. it's just terrible terrible baking but great fantastic everyone give it a try beard and jane are facetiming apple alert apple alert there it is she is going to go have brunch or some British thing with Finn, <laughs> the underwear model, um, who she's going to go over some of his recent photo spreads. Yeah. Beard handles this like a champ, not at all insecure, <laughs> although he does start like whimpering like a dog. Yeah. Once I disconnect the call, he's whimpering. And then we get that shot and then it pulls out again. You assume he's just in there listening by itself. But... Beard doesn't know it, but he's on the other side of the wall. But Higgins and Higgins just he's. Eating his pasta and gagging, gagging. a little bit. Yes. Again, don't know why. Like it's just he's uncomfortable. He's we don't really know why what triggers his gag reflex, but it's there. I would love to know if that was like an actor choice that is stuck, or if that was in the writing where it was like Higgins <laughs> like coughs up a hairball. Yeah. Higgins gags. I want to know what that direction was. I feel like it had to be something from season one. Because season one, like we talked about, it had like a more I don't know, like a, a purpose for it. And then they just thought it was kind of funny and they liked the way uh, Leslie's character delivered it. Right. Um, or the actor delivered it. So they just kept it going. Right. Tom, you're on a, um, you're on a FaceTime call with your wife. And she says, Oh, I'm going to meet Gaston, the underwear model, my mm -hmm. friend from uni yeah. to go through some of his photo shoots. How do you take that Tom? Say, so have a great time. Send me an Aussie. Okay. Oh, I guess it wouldn't be an SE. Send me a, a UE. You're a stronger man than I. <laughs> I would set the computer on fire. <laughs> How is that going to help? Uh, I don't know. I just like setting <laughs> things. I like setting things on fire. My therapist has a word for it. I don't know what it is, but uh, she said it after I set her chair on fire. <laughs> All right. Whoa, was she in it? What was she in it? Absolutely not. Oh, I don't okay. believe in violence. You're not a monster. <laughs> I'm not a monster. Jamie and Roy are in the hall, and Jamie tries out Keeley's tactic of agreeing with everything Roy says. Roy, being smart pretty quickly, <laughs> yeah. catches on to what's happening. Um, yeah, and I think he, then he turns and calls him uh, dumb and uh, conformist. Oh, he says, you play soccer. Yeah, you play soccer dumb, and you're a conformist. He's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I am dumb and conformist-D. <laughs> but this was like throughout this episode like the more you hear jamie talk i love his accent i try to kind of look it up i guess it's just a manchurian accent because he's from the Man manchester sure like the manchurian um, candidate and i think the i don't know like maybe i'm saying that wrong manchurian i don't know but um apparently the actor grew up uh what's his name uh phil dumpster, phil dumpster yeah uh grew up in reading not phil um, dumpy phil dumpy's modern family different one yeah what's uh, the plan appa phil? <laughs> apparently he grew up in reading but i just love like his accent like the way he says like conformity and like right it just it's just it's great and it just like pushes and sells a lot of his comedy right his definitely <laughs> there are funny moments that come strictly from the way he says yeah delivers yeah mm -hmm. roy calls him ugly and that he has bad hair <laughs> jamie doesn't struggle with ugly he yeah. really struggles like i'm ugly with bad hair admitting that he has he's like i have 
hair that maybe <laughs> kind of he can't he can't do it, which is so great. Like where our vanity stops yeah. is off 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 um, often very interesting. Those eyebrows still on fleek though. Oh man, there's like three stripes in it. <laughs> Jamie's like, I'm trying to build bridges. You can, and then beer runs in. Or is it beers? No, it's, no, it's Roy. It's Roy, Roy says that. Yeah, Roy's like, you couldn't build Jeff Bridges. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> no sense. But it's just, it's just great. It's just fantastic writing. Uh, it's almost like harkens back to when uh, Keeley was jumping around in all the different seats, and Roy was like uh, uh, in like the, the interview room, sure, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually, Roy just Independent ran out of woman. Yeah, he ran out of stuff to say. And he's like, "You with the eyes, <laughs> the woman with the eyes." <laughs> Ted comes out while they're arguing, and not surprisingly, because I do feel like Jamie is in the right here. Ted yeah. agrees with Jamie, and he's like, Roy, you don't want to hear this, but I think Jamie's right. Mm -hmm. And Roy immediately goes in, and he's like, you know, you got to coach him. You got to tell him what's happening here. And Roy's like, okay, fine. You've messed him up. And they're both like, what? Yeah. And then Joy's like, expand. <laughs> right. And he's like, Jamie's selfish. He's a selfish prick. He prick a bad word? Play should, that way. Should we not be saying prick? Uh, prick something that happens when you get a sliver. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm okay with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kids will love it. Kids will love it. Jamie is a selfish prick, and he should play that way. He needs to get in their heads. He needs to score. He needs to score goals. He needs to be a prick. And he tells, and Jamie's almost like, I get to be a prick again. Okay, great. Well, no, yeah. like, I love this delivery too. Like Phil Dunster does some fantastic acting where he like, he perks up. He's like, oh, I get to be a prick. And then he's like, no. And then boom, his shoulders drop. Mm -hmm. Like it was just so fantastic. He was so excited, but no, he has to be a prick at very specific times. Certain times. And those times are going to be designated yep. from Roy mm -hmm. with, with a signal. The signal, which what is, is the title the, of the episode. Yeah. What is the signal? Don't know yet. Ted doesn't know yet. Ted's super excited as well. Yeah. Ted does this thing where he's like, I want to be in on this, yep. but like, I don't know what Roy's getting at. And he's like, all right, we'll know. We'll watch for it. I'd also like to call out too, if you've ever used a GIF of Ted Lasso and you type in like Ted Lasso GIF believe, this is what you're going to get. Of like that was when he pointed the, yeah pointing up to thing. Like it was a callback because I'd used the GIF many a times and hadn't seen this episode yet. <clears throat> so belief always great when jamie and roy get to interact mm. we are then in the kitchen with rebecca she is talking with luca and london 152 mm. her <clears throat> mother tells her that oh she's gonna make her her favorite meal which is shepherd's pie mm -hmm. with cheese on top this is like the episode where Michael tells George Michael that he's going to take him camping. <laughs> and you just know that it's going to end with George Michael sitting on the steps with a sleeping bag and a fishing pole and someone showing up and going, sorry, buddy, we're not going. That's what this moment is. That's funny. I didn't, I didn't remember that scene, but this is a hundred percent what it was. Yeah. Then we are back to the FA cup and it's Richmond versus Tottenham. Tottenham. <laughs> Nailed it. Go with the first one. And Tottenham. Tottenham. Tottenham and the pub group, Paul, uh, Baz, and Other. other. <laughs> I think Other's the one that shows up in this jersey, it which is. Is I didn't really understand. I was like, oh, he's in it. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's banter on top of the old kit. So it's uh, a... Yeah. Well, I don't even think it's on the old kit. Like, even like the logos, everything's a little skew. The neckline oh. is kind of messed up. 
I've done this before. There's a lot of like, I think the other guy said he bought it from one of the vendors outside the, the park because apparently these guys never get tickets to go to a game, even though they're seemingly friends with Ted and all right. the other crew. Um, but I've done it before where I buy like a cheap knockoff jersey from China or something. And like, I get it. The colors are slightly different than what they actually should be. Or like the pattern is completely different from the picture. The size is all over the place. But uh, I would recommend if you're going to buy a jersey, buy, buy a legitimately licensed one. I bought a jersey <laughs> unlicensed overseas once for what I felt was cheap. And I did not realize at the time that I'm pretty sure jerseys were like Nike brand. It's a football jersey. It was mm. Cardinals football jersey. And the one that I bought clearly had Reebok all over it. <laughs> And it didn't really dawn on me until later. My hope is that at that time, the licensing was Reebok and then transferred over to Nike. But I would be very surprised if the NFL has not been Nike for a very long time. I don't know. I think they did the agreement maybe three or four years ago, NFL. And then it was Reebok before that. Okay, well, I maybe, be wrong. My, maybe my jersey is legitimate. It could just be an older one. Yep. I uh, have a jersey for the Cardinals player, the classic Irishman Fitzgerald. <laughs> I like I settled. <laughs> Jamie keeps passing during the game and they are making comments about it, right? Or at least it's it's like uh, rather than taking the shot, he's passing. And I thought to myself, are we going backwards here? Because with Jamie? Yes, because the show was very big on, oh, we're going to teach Jamie to be unselfish. We're Mm going to teach Jamie to pass rather than be a ball hog. That's his growth. But now the show is almost like backpedaling on that. And they're like, well, maybe it's not great to be unselfish. If you're great, you should just kick the ball all the time. You you (laughs) see what I'm saying? I do, but I feel like it's the balance. We're trying to find the balance with Jamie. And Jamie's gone too far in one direction and is trying to pass too much and is not taking the shots on because he's obviously a very talented player and needs to do it more often. But his pass early on in the highlights of this game uh, was a brilliant pass to the top of the box to Rojas, who hits the post. So, like, Jamie's passing was good and was needed in certain circumstances. And they make it seem like a big deal when he misses one, like, midfield pass to Obasanya. Um, but, I mean, again, it's kind of for the show and allows uh, Roy to kind of set up the, the signal. <laughs> the signal. What's the signal, Tom? <laughs> the signal is the middle finger. They all give him the bird. <laughs> and if you look over... Uh, Ted is like uncomfortable with it so he pulls his jacket out yeah, and he yeah. like covers it so the crowd can't see it so or the some... camera shot is right, right on right. All of them, so you see them all right I think this is funny because and I mentioned this on the other podcast um, the Manning brothers are doing that Monday mm-hmm. night football where yeah. they're kind of talking through the broadcast and apparently Eli gave two middle fingers <laughs> to the camera and they have now had to apologize oh, really? since then. Yeah, and they keep bringing it up about how Eli had to apologize and they got hey, in trouble. Some, some salty sign language from Eli. No, some salty, uh, the fruity, <laughs> fruity sign language. Well, it's salty in America. It's uh, fruity. It's fruity there. Okay, got it. <laughs> Jamie gets the signal, and you watch Phil dump, dumpster's <laughs> face as he realizes it's the signal. Yeah, yep. he really plays it out, which is great. And they like smiles. He's like, "Yeah, I get to be prick." Yeah, and then he starts messing with the other players. It's a lot of fun. He's like, "I'm gonna make you, you know, get a penalty, and then I'm gonna score from here." Mm-hmm. This isn't a penalty kick. 
is a free kick. Free kick, right. Yes. Penalty kick is when it's from the goal box, right? Very from good. Right outside the goal box. How big is the goal him. box? How many yards? Uh, the goal box is uh, probably <laughs> 65 yards, maybe 70. <laughs> it quite. depends. Are we talking regulation? Are we talking American? What are we talking about? Uh, we'll still go regulation. Okay, 70. <laughs> no, 18. Ugh. 18 yard box. Ugh, it should be rounded up to 20. Everyone <laughs> knows that. He could say, oh, I see what you're doing, because I wrote penalty kick. <laughs> you you wanted to point out that it's free kick. I did. Thanks. That's a little outline magic for you guys. <laughs> this is a very deep kick, right? It's very far. This is very far away. He kicks it. He scores. According to the TV, 42 feet away. It shows a little 42 feet. Yeah. And the Which way... is something in soccer. Every time someone scores, they give the feet of how far away it is, right? Isn't no. that typical? No, it's not typical. Maybe I feel like, like I've a free seen kick. that before. On like a set piece, they might like say, I feel like in, in soccer, they don't do as much like data analytics stuff during games. I feel like American football, it's all about, you know, this is the percentage that he could catch this ball or all that stuff. They don't do as much of that, I think, in English football. But um, when Jamie sets up sets up on this ball, there have been goals that have been made from this distance. And generally, you got to like put a little knuckle on it. you got to do something to kind of get the goalie going one direction or the other. Um, but the way Jamie steps back, he stands right on the ball. He places it. He does those three little foot drags backwards mm-hmm. and then does that like kind of Kicks stance. the field goal. Yeah, he kicks a field goal. He does that stance where he kind of puts both legs um, kind of parallel to the ball. Um, and that is a very, very classic, recognizable pose from one Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, is that that's what how he does? He, yeah, that's how he took. I don't think he does it as much anymore. It was important in his career where that's how he would do his stance and set up every goal. Um, it kind of allows him to kind of come straight up on the ball. And like the way Jamie scores this, it's probably kind of knuckling and kind of goes in the top corner. So what I thought was interesting, and I don't know if it's the same clip from the show, but on Twitter, if you go on Beard's Twitter, mm-hmm. that he actually shows himself. He's got his like phone, and he's filming them filming the show oh, okay. and like playing it. And Phil Dunth actually kicks a goal from that distance and makes it. And like Beard yeah. is kind of talking through how they didn't like CGI it. That actor legitimately kicked that ball. And maybe it's a little closer. Maybe there's some differences, but he he does do a pretty amazing shot. I, I, you're right. So I looked it up too, and I saw the goal, and it was seemingly like done on the training ground. It wasn't done in this big stadium, which right. obviously makes sense. All that CGI with the crowd noise and the lighting and all that stuff. But I didn't realize it was actually Beard or that actor recording it on a yeah. TV screen. But it's funny though, because like it it is like I watched them both side by side. I watched the episode while I was watching the YouTube on my phone, and it was. It was the same goal. It was him kicking. It was that far away. It's very surprising they didn't, like, leave that in there. Like, they cut from, like, Jamie approaching the ball and then showing, the like, the closer shot of him. And then it kind of cuts back to the end of the goal. Right. I feel like if an actor does, like, such a cool feat like that, you do would Do that overhead in. shot and yeah. do the whole thing. But I guess the camera was just far enough. You couldn't tell for certain that it was, it was Phil Dunster. But, yeah, very, very impressive. And like we've seen before... He is a talented soccer player. Right, sure. right. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Ted hugs Roy, and there's this moment. I don't know if you caught it, but like Nate oh, yeah. is like <laughs> a little bit off put that mm-hmm. he is not being congratulated in the same way. Once mm-hmm. again, I feel like he feels he's being boxed out a little bit here. Yeah, and then this is like a play from the last episode where you know Roy comes in. They've, they've already laid it on pretty heavy, talking about the Roy Ken effect. Sure, um, and it's just kind of painting Nate into a corner a little bit and we'll see here in a little bit Nate does step up but he's definitely kind of in a tight spot here 
One thing I do want to mention, though, is we see all these coaches on there. This is too many coaches. I know there's like a lot of like great actors and, and performers and the way like all these these four coaches now on this team interact. But it is it is comical at this point that we've got four guys that are sitting up like in that coach's box providing feedback to the team. How it's many coaches are much. typically standing on a sideline? A single coach. One coach? One I, manager? I, and there might be a Mr. role. Mr. Manager? One <laughs> Mr. Manager? There might be a role in the Premier League. I don't know. But there is like a little chalk outline box where managers can't go like over or past it. So they can't get too far into the other uh, team's box or too far down the sidelines. Um, but you never see more than maybe two coaches on the sidelines at a time. Huh. So interesting. It's just, it's goofy. Well, here in America, we don't put coaches in a box. <laughs> I think we do. We put a lot of coaches on sidelines. I guess in American football. Sure. Uh, we're then at the owner's box. Mm-hmm. Rebecca's checking her phone. There's no new banter messages. I feel like this might be the first sign of like the show kind of telling us like she didn't get any banter messages over the past like couple hours. Maybe this is a player. Well, my thought was the person on banter sent her the last message and she didn't respond to it because isn't the last one about guardian angels? Isn't that oh, the message we keep seeing? It could be. You, could You're, be right. you make a good point, though, yeah. but maybe that's a clue that they're trying to give us. Mm-hmm. I mean, to this day, I still don't know who she's talking to. Um <laughs> Higgins' noise is back. Rebecca makes the comment. She's like, that noise is back. <laughs> yeah. So she's heard it before. Which is, I think, the first time anyone acknowledges his little yeah. gag. And Rebecca... It's, is, it, is it comical that it's Higgins' running gag is his gag? Yes, Tom. <laughs> okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> and what you did there was also comical. <laughs> I will cherish it. this moment. I'm going to write down the timestamp. Because that was very good. <laughs> Thank you. Rebecca knows about Beard and Jane. And this is the thing. Like, Keely shows up. She's like, oh, we're talking about Beard and Jane. Oh, we're talking about Beard and Jane. It's like, what? I don't. Okay. Yeah. Everyone's so intuitive, other than us in the audience. She tells, uh, Rebecca tells Higgins not to interfere. Uh, Rebecca then congratulates her mom. Well, she oh, kind of she... did in the past. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to cut it. Uh, We all make mistakes. Rebecca tells a story about how the first time her mom left her dad when she was in uni, she congratulated her mom. um, And then sure enough, they got back together Mm -hmm. and her mom didn't speak to her for nine months because she had said some terrible things about her father. Keely knows exactly what's going on, like I mentioned. And then we cut to Ted and his fingers. And his panic attack. (laughs) And some weird camera stuff. And like, it's almost like horror movie cuts. Like, I mean, it's reminiscent to the first panic attack we saw in season one where they were at the uh, karaoke club where, you know, it's, it's, yeah, a lot of fast cuts. It's doing a lot of like weird audio kind of stuff. Um, kind of throws some odd Jamie Tart stuff in there as well. Oh, yeah. Um, they, they're, they're like chanting. It's like Jamie Tart, like the weird voices. And I was like, wait, what does Jamie Tart have to do? Well, and you get seemingly some like yelling from the father at Jamie or or Jamie defending no, himself from exactly the father. No, that's exactly right. It's, yes. a, it's the audio cut of the dad yelling at Jamie at mm-hmm. the end of last season. So I think what they're trying to do here, like we kind of mentioned, like this is weird. It comes out of left field. They've done a couple things in no, this no, episode. No, 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 Tom. Left field 
is a American baseball term. Excuse it comes me. out of it comes the out of goalie the, field. <laughs> the uh, left corner flag. Okay, sure. It comes out of the left corner flag, um, the visitor side. Um, but Go on. <laughs> they're trying, I, what I think is they're trying to establish Jamie and his father's relationship and Ted and his son's relationship. I don't know really how, because like Ted is seemingly <laughs> there more so for his son, and they're not trying to make that connection. I don't know how, but that's a stretch. The show is telling me because why are they cutting into this Jamie father yelling stuff, and then Ted's clearly struggling right now with some of his relationship dynamic with his son. So I don't know. Maybe we'll get more of it in future episodes or whatever, but it does seem like an odd catalyst for Ted to have a panic attack. Here were my thoughts. My thoughts were in the form of questions, and I'm going to say several of my questions when this started to happen. Okay. Why? What? <laughs> Who? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? Jamie Tart? I, I'm so confused. I was like, why are we listening to the dad scream? Yeah. Why are we... I, I, I was like... And once again, I just don't think, like, if you watch the episode again, like, if you dig, you see, like, okay, maybe, like, the thing with Henry is adding to the stress. Mm -hmm. um, maybe the fact that, like, the Roy Kent effect people keep talking about mm -hmm. is, like... But that doesn't seem to, like, bother, bother Ted at all. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. He's, like, celebrating it. He wanted Roy on the staff. Like, the only other thing is the Deborah thing at lunch, where she kind of mentions, oh, you were the one that got left, kind of yeah. a thing. Like, maybe those two, but it seemed unearned, and it was quick. And, again, I think the show is just, they needed to have Ted have a panic attack so they can get Dr. Sharon and Ted together, and, like, for them to have meaningful conversations. Okay. Um, I'm hopeful they don't jump. 30 episodes or 30 games in the future and we don't see what that dynamic is because I think there's a lot of interesting dynamics that you can have in kind of this type of show that's a, a dramedy that does the drama and the comedy. Like, I think if we have an episode that actually dives deep into, you know, what's bothering Ted and what's going on with some comedy built in, I think it, it could be could be good. Right. Yeah, I just wish they would have squeezed that into this episode so I wasn't wondering why we took this weird turn. Yeah. Arlo or one of them makes some comment like, oh, I've seen that walk before when yeah. Ted's leaving the field. He looks like he's had a... He's definitely had a fish pie. <laughs> fish pie. A bad fish pie. Yep. Is there a good fish pie? <laughs> the team, like, watches Ted leave. People, like, screaming. And I thought this was a little bit weird. Are we supposed to think that because they're paying attention to their manager leave the field, that that's why Tot in Ham scores? <laughs> I mean, maybe. I, I just think, like, I guess you can say they're distracted. It was a corner kick where Tottenham scores, uh, and they get a header goal. I don't think anybody in the team was distracted. Like, I think the just the coaching staff was. Rebecca sees Ted. She's immediately worried for him. Once again, we've gone kind of, you know, a long distance in that relationship where she is now worried for him. Mm -hmm. uh, she puts on her hat. She's either going after Carmen San Diego or Ted. <laughs> right I don't there. know the difference. Um <laughs> Nate hops in here because there's clearly some confusion about what we should do now that the score is tied. Nate quickly makes a triple, a rare triple substitution, I'm mm, told. It's like a unicorn. Is a triple substitution allowed? 
Yes, you can substitute. Well, the rule used to be you could only substitute up to three players a game, I believe. And I'm sure I'll get people yelling at me on the internet. I think it's up to five substitutes now. Okay. But once you substitute a guy, they cannot go back in. Got it. And he says, park the bus. Park the park bus. Park the bus. He says this phrase like we should all know what park the bus is. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you knew it. I know this phrase because uh, a gentleman who used to be a carpenter who used to save people's <laughs> lives would say this. And he would say, park that bus. And then the bus would move and the people would have a new house. I'm assuming that's where this phrase comes from. Oh. His name was Ty Pennington. Oh, I thought the carpenter you're referencing is Jesus. <laughs> No, oh, Jesus is Jesus not didn't have our, buses. No, no, no. Okay. No. Uh, but yeah, he so... turned buses into wine. <laughs> oh, was that guy's name Ty Pennington? What was the home makeover guy? Do you remember this? No, no, no I do. Move no, that no, bus. Yeah, I think it was. Allow me to explain this joke, Tom. <laughs> no, I got the joke. I, when you just said carpenter, I, I thought you were going the Jesus route. Um... <laughs> Everyone knows Jesus was a welder. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's right. Um, but yeah, so like. Nate's idea is to stack the defense, not necessarily put um, more uh, offense uh, offense into so forwards and that kind of stuff to be able to score a goal. Because his his thought is, they're going to do the same. They need a goal just as much as we need a goal. If we can stack the defense, then we could potentially get a counterattack goal. So is but the phrase "park the bus" is like let's put a bunch of people in front of the goal so they can't score. Is that the it's, impetus yeah. of that phrase yeah you have so like chelsea the, the team i follow uh famous manager uh, jose Mourinho did this for chelsea all the time they would score a single goal and then they would just they weren't necessarily substitute defenders in but they would just put all their guys behind the ball they wouldn't have like a forward going up they would just try to sit back and make it hard for the defense to get in crosses to get into the middle mm. um it's a very lame approach at soccer, in my opinion, just because it really slows down the game and generally makes games very uh, boring to watch. Uh, but it is a tactic, and counterattack goals are definitely there and can happen. Defenses win championships, though, Tom. Yeah. As those progressive commercials have told me as I'm turning <laughs> into my father, defenses win championships. We all see it. We all we see all it. We all see it. He's got blue hair! <laughs> it works. Beard and Roy. Uh, oh, Beard and Roy let Nate make the call. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. And they both react like, oh, there's nothing we can do about it. Nate's got this. Yep. And they're both in their puffy goose down jackets. <laughs> while I think Nate's still rocking his suit. Yes. Well, and Nate gives a spit before he does the move, by the way. Did oh, you catch he spits? That? No. Yeah, he spits. Well, what is well... this guy's deal with spitting? No, it's well, it's from last episode, right? No, it's... I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why but, I'm asking the but, question. But he doesn't. <laughs> He does it in the right context. He's spitting on a field, like not on a mirror at a restaurant. But it's it was uh, Beard and Roy going back and forth. What did you do? It's it's um, Nate spitting and getting his confidence and mm. saying, "I'm going to make this play. I'm going to make this move." And to your point, Nate and Roy or Beard and Roy step back. It works. And announcers, I think, what is it? As Rebecca's yeah, we in the back cut room, to Rebecca. She's like searching for Ted, and we hear the announcers once again explain to us what's happening in the show mm -hmm. uh they let us know that they're trying to protect the goal oh no a mistake has been made and um <laughs> jamie and them drive down and score mm -hmm. and ted's jacket is laying on the locker room floor and rebecca is concerned and this was the moment i thought two things had happened okay. one there was a murder in the building and <laughs> ted is dead and now we have to find out what happened to ted wow the other was that he was raptured. <laughs> he was taken up with the Lord and no one else was called home. Just Ted. Wow. 
those were, but alas, none of those things happened. Uh, she is just wandering around with this jacket, which I didn't think made much sense because I'm pretty sure Ted is wearing his jacket when he's on the couch oh, when Sharon shows up. I didn't look, but yeah, that's it was odd for yeah, just a random article of clothing of Ted's. But I guess they needed something for Rebecca to find and not him, but find of him. It would have been be- better had it been his pants. She just picks up some khakis. She's like, These, are Ted's khakis. These are Ted's khakis. <laughs> um, Roy, oh, Nate is like rolling through his Instagram, I think, at this point. Or maybe we haven't gotten there. Um, but Roy Kent gives Nate the credit. Nate does an interview where he calls himself the Wonder Kid. Mm-hmm. And he's like, do you mean Wonderkind? <laughs> yeah, which... Yeah, of course, he's like that. Oh, you good. They can just fix that in editing, right? It's like, no, no, no. This is live. This is live. Which is funny because it made me think of this podcast a little bit about Nate saying, oh, yeah, you can just edit that. And then the other guy just saying, nope, we're going to keep it in. This is live, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> we're all live right now. Our whole audience is listening live. We keep in mistakes. Uh, the other thing this made me think of is Ryan on The Office when he's like, uh, when he gets promoted. And he's like, some oh, yeah. people have been calling me a wonderkin. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but he clearly is just trying to get his own. Yeah. Yeah. Rebecca looks like a detective. I'm going to point that out again. She's got the trench coat and the hat. And well, she's Carmen were... San Diego. <laughs> is Carmen San Diego a detective? No, Carmen San Diego is the person that's trying not to be caught. But yeah. she's typically she's dressed thief. in that okay. Uh, hat. Okay. The fedora and the It's a great fedora. She, overcoat. she pulls it off. She is leaving the facility. That's what's happening. Yeah. She leaves the facility dressed as a detective or Carmen San Diego. A crook or a detective, we have no idea. Higgins is telling Beard that Jane isn't right for him. And Beard, rather than like overreacting or getting upset, hugs him and says, let's never speak of this again. <laughs> yeah. Beard shows appreciation. You think Beard is like all upset because he right. knocks his hand away. But no, he keeps coming in for the hug. Right. Jane shows up. She scares Beard. Yeah, and I'm not, I wasn't for that. It scared me, too. Like, I don't like jump scares, especially my little comedies. It's, it scared me. That scared you? Yeah. Really? Didn't see it coming at all. The guy that's watching um, Haunted Hill House <laughs> and um, Midnight Mass. I expected a jump shows. scare. I don't expect it in this show. It all scared right. me. First viewing scared me. I think it would have been funny had he punched her. <laughs> like, as a, just a reaction. Not that, that violence happens. is great. But, anyways, she gives him a hat. <laughs> And this is like, this is like a TV show sign of a bad girlfriend is when they give you like a fashion thing yeah. that you don't like. Clearly don't want, but you're forced to wear right, it in your presence. To wear. Yeah. yeah. I think it's fantastic, Kat. I think you're wrong. Okay. Well, I've seen my father wear some truly awful shirts based on what he has been given direction from his spouse. Guess I'm going to have to return that Christmas gift I got you. Please do. (laughs) Please Please do. do It's got an ugly pattern. Please do. (laughs) Nate is enjoying his fame. He's like scrolling through Instagram and Nate Shelley's all over the gram. It's his his Twitter. It's not Insta. It's it's his Twitter feed. All right. Those are different. Um, Did you pause and like look at any of the comments and things that were on there? I don't do social media, Tom, so (laughs) I did not. (laughs) Clearly, you thought this was Instagram. Um, Yeah. Some of them were kind of funny. It says like, uh, don't hate because you ain't Nate. So it had like a little like meme of him, which is funny. 
Um, it said had like three pictures of Nate. It said Nate the Good, Nate the Great, Nate the Legend. Got it. Um, there was kind of some like ribbing and poking fun of like the hashtag Wonder Kid was sure. in some of the posts. Um, but everything was generally nice and like as you scroll through, everything was just saying how great Nate was. This isn't the internet I know. Oh, really? This isn't the Twitter that I am aware of. It's generally the inter- a lot more hateful stuff on the internet, and scrolling through <laughs> comments is, in my opinion, not a healthy thing if you are a celebrity, but people do it. Hmm. So you think if this was real life, people <laughs> might not just be only complimenting him? No. There'd probably be things like, man, he got really lucky because that was a really stupid move. Mm. You'd probably get a lot more of those. The statistics say he <laughs> should have done this. Yeah. That was a good nerd voice. Thank you. Roy compliments him. Roy's like, hey, great job. And this is funny because, like, Nate from first season, if Roy was to do something like that, yeah. he would melt. But in this one, he's like, hey, thanks. And they're <laughs> essentially peers at this point. Yeah, so. he gets that validation. And I don't know. Like, I think what the show is trying to do, it's trying. And like I mentioned, I think there's too many coaches. I think something has to give. I think they showed Roy and Nate getting along here. But, like, the interview that Nate gave, I almost feel like we might see Nate move on and maybe coach another team or do something else. Like, oh, I feel really? like they might be laying the groundwork for something else like that because I do feel like it's a weird dynamic, but I, I don't know. It's the way they kind of established this this big hurdle and then an episode later they've seemingly have resolved it. I feel still think there might be something more to this storyline. No, I think they're at yeah, no, I, I 100% yeah. agree that they are adding to the Nate storyline and it'll be interesting to see when and who he murders. <laughs> Rebecca comes home, finds out that her mother's gotten a Tesla and forgiven her father. Mm-hmm. She immediately calls Luca. And I looked at her matches on matches.com, uh, the app she's <laughs> yeah. using. Maybe it's not .com. Maybe it's just matches.app. I don't know how apps work. Uh, and the people that she has on there is a gentleman by the name of George. Yep. A gentleman by the name of Lonely underscore Guy, and a gentleman by the name of Marcus. And then there is Hunka Luca. I don't know if Hunka Luca is his match's name or if she's just put him in his phone. No, that's his Christian. Hunkle. It's Christian. It's Christian name Hunka. Hunka Luca. Last name Luca. He goes by. I would have uh, thought Hunka was the last name. Luca Hunka, but she's got anyway. It was an underscore, it's not a comma. So the debates this, I guess, what we're dealing with through this episode is like have the hot guy come over or have a deep, in-depth conversation with a mysterious person on banter. Are we are we supposed to be trying to figure out like what's right here, what 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 the right move is? Because she calls Luca, but then she she puts her phone down, and then we get the text, and right we kind of next be. I mean, everything we've seen in the banter app has just been like little like one-off com like it hasn't been conversation it's just been a, a do you a believe in guardian yeah. angels yeah and a response it's just like it's called response stuff. what are you here for i'm here for love <laughs> yeah i suppose um but yeah I, I don't know i mean again i think based off of what happened in the game and all that kind of stuff like she's not necessarily in the mood to have a mysterious conversation with a mysterious person um she's she's wants to love him man so she she reached out to her boy lucas who that is a weird way of phrasing that but great job my friend let me <laughs> ask you a question right now you've got two apps on your phone it's banter or matches which one do you have uh banter oh man you're such a good guy what's your handle 
Um, um, little kid lover. Little kid. Oh, no. I want oh, people no. to know what I'm all about. That you love kids. Yes. And that you're ready to be a dad. That's it. Oh, no, Michael Scott. Please don't cancel us. That was an office joke. <laughs> Wait, oh, what's that the office? Was so good. Oh, uh, never mind. That wasn't an office <laughs> joke. I kid. Who is LDN152? We pan out and we find who is it? It's our boy Sam. Sam Obasanya. Now, did you see this coming? Now, no, did not see this coming. Were you surprised? Nor did you see this coming. Because I went back and listened to our season one, episode six podcast, where um, it was when they were donating this stuff to the fire. Sam comes into Rebecca's office. We had a conversation about Rebecca having an open office po uh, policy because seemingly everybody comes into sure. her office. But it was Sam and Rebecca kind of having some back and forth and Sam kind of saying, hey, you know, you're a very like lovely woman. You must have suitors all the time kind of a thing. And they kind of had a little bit of a connection. And I think you jokingly said, what do you think about Sam and Rebecca? And I think we both kind of laughed it off as like that wouldn't be a thing. Probably shouldn't have, clearly now, because um, they have an emotional connection they've established here, but did not see it coming in uh, in the show. See, I remember this differently, and please don't go back to the tape to verify, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure episode six of season one, I definitely said that these two were going to get together, and it's only coming to fruition now. So, yes, I, you am I a soothsayer? Yes. You might have said it with a little bit of sarcasm because I think you. I've never been sarcastic once. At the Tom. same time, you said that Ted, just like uh, I called Ted and Keely getting together, this is you calling Sam and Rebecca getting together. Ted and Keely will get married <laughs> and have three children. They will be named Henry, Henrietta, and Henry Two. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Wouldn't it be Henry Three? You know, We're not going to remember the first Henry. Oh, wow. That's 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 American Henry. The most yeah, your English Henry. Henry. Henry is the other one. Um, I would like to point out Colin's cheetah polo. I think it's something that should be noted and celebrated. It's an incredible shirt. As the kids, I think, would say nowadays, pretty dope. It's pretty on fleet. Uh, no, on fleek is like eyebrow stuff. I think it's like... Oh, okay. It's, I didn't I know that. I don't know. The internet's going to yell at me. As a guy with eyebrows, I didn't know that. But um, it's a dope polo. It is a great polo. I believe they are rapping to uh, the rapster they call Drake. Oh, it was a Drake? I didn't know the rap. I only looked it up because I looked up the end song. Mm, okay. um, but where do we find Ted, Tom? We find Ted uh, knee deep in that couch. He's, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Phrasing. Knee deep in that couch. Phrasing, I don't that know. poor couch. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, seemingly been in that couch since uh, the end of the game and just waiting for uh, Sharon to get there. Eight hours. Yeah, Eight hours he's been in that office. Probably not too long because I think Sharon went back into her office after they all celebrated. But, I mean, guys all took showers and probably got ready to go out. But, yeah, Ted's there. He's in a he's in a rough place. Um, How's his hair? Sarah's, well, this is why we know he's in a rough place. His hair is disheveled. Disheveled. Yeah, when we have disheveled hair. Um but he's doing some great acting here. Like he's he's in a tough place. Uh, he eventually tells Sharon, he's like, "Hey, like I need to make that appointment now." Um, and we'll. I'm interested to see where they go from here because I don't. I, I personally don't like making light of these topics. I mean, we're a comedy podcast. We joke around about this, but like, this is a very serious thing, especially now that he's going to have this relationship with Doctor Sharon. If they kind of make this too like funny, haha, -ha, I don't know if I'll be a big fan of it. I do want them to take this 
um, struggle and had panic attacks seriously. Um, so um, I'm interested, like I say this a lot at the end of our pod, but I'm, I'm interested to see where they take this. I am not making light of the fact that he is seeking help and like yeah. wanting to talk to someone. That is great. I just felt like it came out of oh, 100% left agree. flag corner, yep. as you said. Visitor side. Visitor side. Yep. <clears throat> I just don't know that they laid the groundwork for this yeah. during the game that like all of a sudden it's like Ted's having a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Great that he wants to talk to someone. I'm interested to find out why and, and what is kind of added to his stress. Um, I'm only... Not making fun, but just interested in why we got there and whether or not this is just a point for the show to add drama or whether or not something real will come out of it. I feel like it's the beat for the show. Like they put a, they, they say, okay, what do we want to do for season two? They put a bunch of note cards. This is where we want to go from here, 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 here. And they just didn't, in my opinion, a great job writing this episode to be able to get that conclusion or get Ted and Sharon together or, or Ted to this point where he needs to have this conversation with Sharon. Right. Love Brett Goldstein. Brett Goldstein wrote this episode. Roy right? Kent wrote this yeah. episode. So maybe there's just a, a couple little misses there. The song that is playing at the end, I thought was uh, Bon Iver, or Bon Iver if you're me and how you pronounce it, but it is someone by the name of R-Y-X, so maybe Rye X, and the song is called <laughs> Only. Okay. I like the song. I thought it was uh, well done for, as these guys always do, well done for the end of an episode to kind of hit that dramatic note. Um, But once again, R-Y-X, and the song is called Only. All caps. I enjoyed this episode simply because we got to see Roy and Jamie interact, and I love those moments. Mm Mm-hmm. I've been open about stuff that came out of what I felt and what we felt as Americans left field. (laughs) I am interested, as you mentioned, to see where they take Ted and like what's going on with Mm -hmm. him. I'm also interested to see what happens with Nate. I think you're right. I Mm -hmm. think we're kind of laying the groundwork for is Nate going to kind of blow up here? And as we see in my only comparison is like, American football, like a coach gets hot and it's like, oh, this is the new offensive genius. Yeah. And what ends up happening is all his like assistant coaches and like D line coaches are all of a sudden like pulled for outrageous roles because Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, they touched the hem of that guy's garment. So they're probably (laughs) smart too. Let's make them head coaches. Uh, And that's why you end up with Cliff Clingsbury as your (laughs) football coach. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Nate's going to like, maybe he's going to go to like Man City or something. I don't know. Like, I feel like you don't really need to go back to Man City per se. I'm just trying to think of a dynamic where they might have them coaching or going up against each other at a certain point. My only issue with that is like, he's a cast from like a show running standpoint. He's a cast, uh, like he's a cat. Mm, He's a show regular. Yeah. How do you like include him in the show if he's somewhere else? Like, are you putting him fish out of water at Man City and like, we just get Nate alone mm-hmm. dealing with a bunch of different people. 
I would like to keep Nate in house so we can continue to watch him be a diamond dog and do all that stuff. Well, we had it with Jamie. Like when Jamie left, we thought like, okay, Jamie's what are they gone. Do? You know, that's like, what I'm saying. Like they 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 wrote Jamie out of much of the first season, kind of towards the end. Like they could potentially do something similar with uh, with Nate write him off for a little bit and have him come back in some context. But I think the like prodigal son will, will return. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like my love for Nate in season one is maybe waning a little bit just based on what they've been doing with his character. I still love the actor. I love the way he plays it, but I don't think, I don't know. I don't think the writing has been quite as good for, for his character. It hasn't been as fun to, to watch him perform. Right. Okay, well, this has been Season 2, Episode 6. We appreciate everyone that has joined us. If you would like to reach out to us, if you have any questions, we're more than happy to answer questions on air live. You can email us at... Take a color, so at 555. <laughs> at dial at gmail.com or at teambinge on Twitter. We also have a Facebook that I've never looked at or touched. Nah, Facebook is the worst. But it's not it's meta now, sorry. Oh meta. Next week we will be talking about season two, episode seven, which Tom is gonna give us the episode name of. And the other thing I would like to throw out to people is eventually this season will end and season three will not be out. Mm -hmm. So if you have another show or something you'd like us to discuss. Tom and I have been brainstorming where we'd like to go from here. Mm -hmm. Our first choice is obviously 60 Minutes. We'll just watch every episode <laughs> of 60 Minutes starting from whenever that show started, I'm assuming the 30s, and kind of discuss that. But we'd be open to second choices. <laughs> so next week, we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 7, which is called Panic at the Dr. Sharon's Disco. I love it. I love the rock band. <laughs> I love everything about that episode. I look forward to watching it. I've been Julian. And I have still been Tom. Thanks for joining us, everybody. <laughs>